a Shishkin Productions podcast. We're just going to go and film and dump and film and dump and film and dump and film and dump. Wow. And film. And dump. And dump. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Reel Podcast. Hey, what's up? What's up? We're still doing the damn thing. Uh, barely. We're, we're holding on for dear life. It's actually a pretty pretty chill day today, so we decided to do it uh, during the afternoon. Yeah, you know, yeah. We don't have... We don't, a lot of podcasts are professional, and they have times when they record. Look, you know, we, we don't. We, no, we are professional. We're so professional that we have real work to do most of the week. So we point. we just record when we you know have a little bit of downtime. And today a, today's technically a dark day on the the big contract we're doing right now. Yep. And and on know, the other stuff, we we were we finished. We delivered stuff. And yeah. I do need to hit up our boy Matt King and see what's popping with that. Because, yeah. Uh, we've we heard, were supposed to start something last week, and yeah. I don't think it ever has started. So we, we've heard that on. we were supposed to be quite busy right now with some of his projects, and here yeah. we are recording the sizzle reel. I've got a feeling that it's going to get compressed into uh, a few days because uh-huh. yeah, I've I've got stuff to do next week. He knows this about, week. He, he knows about Tree Fort, right? Oh, he does. Okay. He's just, well aware, but I okay. told him I'd work on it if I have to while I'm there. So okay. I might have just, a weird tree fort this year. Just making sure. Uh, speaking of tree fort, we'll get, we're going to get into that. In oh, yeah. Second, second, seg- second. second segment. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm fucking great at this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Yeah, the second segment of the show is going to be all about tree fort. We're doing a big tree fort preview extravaganza because you're mm-hmm. going to be hearing this on Monday. I yep. believe it's March 21st. Yep. And uh, we will be getting on a flight to Boise tomorrow morning. Uh, well, Alexi, I'm, I'm in Minnesota when you hear this. Yeah, and I, I'll still be getting on a flight to Boise just from Minnesota. Yeah, I hate I hate flying, man. I can't do it. Like, I, it's fine. But I just like recently every flight is so bumpy and I'm like, man, I can't stay. Maybe I'm just getting more. Uh, what's it called? Like Older? sensitive, oh. maybe more sensitive to yeah. it where like I, it used to just be bumpy and I'd be like, oh, whatever. But now, like every time it's bumpy, I'm like, bro, like that's so f- surprising because you've traveled a ton by flight in your life. Like mm-hmm. how many times have been have you been to Europe? Like five times? Six sure. times? No, probably like fucking 15 or 20. Yeah. Like, but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's a whole fucking thing. Like I. I just don't, um, probably more than 20, probably like 30, but I, uh, I just don't, I just don't like doing, if I'm going to fly, I want to fly for like one trip. You know what I'm saying? I don't like having layovers and connections and shit. Like I don't like flying from New York to Minnesota, then connecting to another plane, then flying to Boise, right? I'd rather go, okay, well, why don't I just spend an entire day in Minnesota yeah, in Minneapolis, yeah. seeing things I've never seen and hanging out and going to places I've never been, and then the next day I'll fly to fucking Boise, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of similar. I like to. Well, I guess I'm kind of opposite. I like to segment my trips when I can. Like, if I'm flying to the West Coast and it's like a six hour flight, and I I, I have the option between direct or I can like have a a an hour long layover. Sometimes I will go for the layover because for flying, like for me, I don't get worried when it's bumpy. I just hate sitting in the same spot for five or six hours at a time. Like I get kind of claustrophobic about it and I like, I want to be able to get up and walk around. So basically I can do 
three hours, walk around for an hour and then do another three hours. That makes me a lot happier. Interesting. And interesting. It's, typically I'm losing an entire day to travel either way. Yeah. So the extra layover doesn't bother me that much. Now, if, if it's like a two or three hour layover, fuck that. I'll take the direct flight. I'll just, you know, grin and bear it. Yeah. I, for me again, like I'm, I'd rather sit, I, I sit the whole flight. Even yeah. if I fly to like LA, I'll sit the whole flight. I'll get up to pee, but I'm not going to like, I'm yeah. not one of those people that gets up to stretch and walk around and shit. I'm just like, I'm just going to sit there. See, I don't get up to stretch. I just want to like, like I, I need to mm -hmm. be moving. And now if I'm in first class, then I'm fine. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Oh, and then, and that's here, what we've learned. Well, here's the thing is you almost always fly first class. Not so, true. So not true. I am. I am a proletariat. Yeah, you're the people. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> So so yeah, if I, if I flew first class, I don't care if it's a seven hour, eight hour flight because you usually get at least if you're on like Delta or like one of the good ones, you have that nice like you can you're really stretch lay, your you legs lay out. Down, so, yeah, you, you can, can lay down. Press the thing. They, they, they're back. bringing you free drinks the entire time. Oh, oh. Um, at risk of sounding like an out of touch motherfucker, first class has really gone downhill since COVID. Has but, it? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't but, uh, been on first class in like is, six years. That is the most out of touch thing that's been said, I think, in 77 episodes of this show. Yep. <laughs> I, I feel yep. like a dick for even saying that. Let's plug all the socials so people can, can call me out. <laughs> Just ejecting on this. At yeah. uh, Real Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are uh, Shishkin Productions on TikTok. Yes. We are Gang at gmail.com. Send us an email and and we have a sizzle reel cold, cold line. line. That is 332 Uh Yo, those socials, the sizzle reel ones, are mm -hmm. still going to be run by me sporadically very poorly. But, yeah, I think we got an intern. Oh, yes. I think so Shishkin Productions got their first intern. Have we second intern. officially Shout hired, out hired them? Uh, I don't believe that it is official right now, but I think it's going to be official like by the end of okay. a day from when we're recording, two days from when we're recording. So yeah, in the past we've talked about, uh, we did have an intern for, I guess, fall slash winter. His name was David. Mm -hmm. I still can't pronounce his last name. Sorry, David. Um, we'll probably don't better not to dox him on the pod. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he was great. He was like an editing intern. He was trying to like really get into the post-production world and just he get crushed it. Yeah. No, he was great. Uh, honestly, we were a little bit disappointed when he f found a real job. Like obviously a little we, bit. We I was were, super disappointed. We were excited for him, of course, but uh, yeah. you know, he's someone we can work I'm with. I'm proud the of him. It's like we took a little baby bird. When yeah. We made it fly, I, you know, I think we gave him mouth. I think we gave him a, a good experience. I mean, we paid him. He yeah. learned a little bit. He had a, I think he had a good time with us. Well, what's uh, most important is that he had a, he ended up with a balling ass reel yeah, and that yeah. reel got him hired. Yeah. I thought, so he went and got a real job. Yeah. I thought we helped him out there. Um, but this, this new intern is not really going to be specifically an editing post-production intern. That's right. They're more of a content creation, social media manager type intern. Yeah. So their goal is to, I mean, basically the way, I mean, we've talked about it before, but the, the goal is to have them make whatever the fuck they want, right? Yeah. In a nutshell, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, here's a studio. Here's access to the podcast uh, equipment. Here's mm -hmm. access to the camera. Here's access to the the lenses, the editing software, here's the motion graphics, everything, literally yeah. everything. Like whatever you want to make, go for it. You know, just put it together and make it. I don't know if you guys are hearing a little shh, but I was. So that's why I was kind of like all yeah. over the place on I, that. I don't know what's happening. But uh, hopefully it doesn't come through in the record. We've got engineer Will over here. You know, he's going <laughs> to he's gonna hold it down. He's going to do a great job. He edits every single one of these. Hey. 77 episodes. Engineer Will has been chilling, editing. He's always present here while we're recording. And he doesn't get any shine. That's so wild because we... Uh, 
Uh, I personally didn't even meet Engineer Will until what episode forty something. Well, he was the guest, and you call you say I'm not a member of the proletariat. <laughs> You're out here not. I'm ignoring people, ignoring the workers. I know, I know, I'm an asshole. That's my bad. Now, one thing that we do need to do in this studio is we need to get another mic, somehow rig it up to this computer, so we have a engineer mic that's always hot so that oh, way the producer and the facts. engineer can like chime in whenever they want well, so I, I need to bring that something that we'll do i gotta bring my mic back in anyway yeah yeah maybe maybe that's the mic we use I, or i could i could bring mine i never use it at home i yeah. have extra mics at home i mean we'll figure all that out um let's get into these voicemails people have been blowing up the cold lines so we're gonna play Dude, you two voicemails. i'm today. very excited about both of them to be yeah honest. i'm gonna i'm gonna play you two of them so uh engineer will why don't you fire up that first one Hey, this is Nancy. I just wanted to let you know I found your podcast and I heard your appeal for a phone call. And I wanted to let you know that we are out here, we're listening, and you guys are doing a great job. And keep up the good work. Peace out. Yo, shout out to Nancy. This, like... No joke makes me so happy because <laughs> Chris is cheesing over I, here. I am because we've been, uh, you know, we've been asking for people specifically like people who we don't know to call in just to, right. just to let us know that you're there and I, let us know that you're there. Give us a sign. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's and, like looking for aliens, you know? <laughs> right. And as, as far as I know, we don't know Nancy. Uh, so I, Nancy, thank I'm you. Not, yeah. I don't think we know her. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, super glad that you're enjoying the podcast and thank you. Just thank you for actually doing the damn thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Nancy, uh, shout out for, uh, for calling in next step. Next level mm-hmm. is calling and ask a question. So we have something to talk about. Yeah. But she kind of sounded like Nancy, maybe this is just me out here wilding, but she kind of sounded like Nancy from, uh, from King of the Hill. Oh yeah. You think a so? A little bit, right? Okay. What if she was like, peace out, Shug? It's not like, it's not what Nancy <laughs> would always say. Um, Nancy, thank you so much, but let's get it to our other uh, voicemail that we have. This one, uh, this one I think uh, gave us a little question. I don't remember what it was though. Hey, this is Evan, just firing up the cold line, trying to get it sizzling again. I ain't got too much to say, except for I'm still here, still listening. Hope y'all are good. If you got a question, uh, I can answer. Be happy to take a question. I don't know how that's going to work, but I got a question for you, maybe. What would you do asking an interview to know if somebody was a good editor? I mean, let's say that you checked out their reel, you saw their portfolio. It looked good. Is there anything else you would need to ask them, or what would you want to know? Thanks, guys. Shout out to Evan, who won one of the Israel contests in the past, but he still has not claimed his prize. Oh, yeah, and I don't think he knows this, but... I found I didn't even know it until last week. Apparently, if you don't claim your prize within a year, right. it it goes on to the next person. Yeah, there is fine print that we if you don't claim it within a year, the wheel gets respun with yeah. all the original entries. Yeah. So so Evan, we uh, we need you to to claim that soon. I, I don't remember when he actually won that, but <laughs> I actually I, sh- I should talk to Evan. Uh, we should have planned this out and tried to have him on real quick today because he he edited Tree Fort last year, and I'm I'm gonna be editing this year. Well, why don't we have him? on next week yeah yeah we'll yeah. try we'll try yeah. if he's available we'll have him on and then we can do a special like kind of uh, at tree fort no that's thing. a really good question though and yes. like it's pretty relevant because we just kind of went through a round of interviews um well before wait before we answer it before he said he'd like for us to ask him a question maybe that's our question is like what are some of your best practices for editing live events and stuff like that and so evan if you do hear this and it's in time why don't, why don't you just call in and tell us some of your best practices? Yeah. But we're going to try to get you on the show, too, whatever. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? It was like, inter- best things to ask in an interview? Yes. Yeah, so, so he basically was saying, if you've already looked at their reel and, and their resume and it's dope, but you really want to know if they're a good editor, 
in the interview, what kind of questions would you ask? What extra, extra information do you need? Mm-hmm. You know, like I would really have to ruminate on it a little bit more, but I, I think asking the person what they enjoy creating, like, I think that will give you a lot of insight, uh, into like how they are as an editor. Cause if, you know, if you ask them what they enjoy creating and they, you know, they kind of start talking about shooting stuff or if they talk, if they make music, for example, yeah, then you'd know that they're probably decent at working with audio or is that, is that kind of what you mean? I mean, well, that's where my head first went. Well, I mean, it just kind of, if they talk about like crafting the story and stuff mm-hmm. like that, if that's their go-to, then I, I probably have an idea that they're a good editor or yeah, if you ask them about how they use sound design in their edits and they have an actual, like a good answer and they're, they're ready to go with it, then I think that really will give you a good indication because <clears throat> like editing, just editing stuff is kind of easy, but like yeah. editing it well and like paying attention to all the details, I think that's the more difficult part. So maybe just a question along the lines of like, how, how do you, how do you take a standard edit and make it great? Like what is your process to, to really up level an edit? Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting. I guess my answer to that is, is less about the actual editing and more about the knowledge, the technical knowledge. That's really kind of what I care about. Yeah. I think like style wise, uh, I should have gotten your style from your reel. I should have understood your style and your pacing mm-hmm. from your reel. Like what I care about is in when you get plugged into our environment or the, the environment, are you going to be able to keep up? That's what I care about. Sure. So for me, it's like, you know, have you used shared uh, storage before? Yeah. Do you understand that like your and the, these are all terrible questions the way I phrase them because they're just yes or no. So, mm-hmm. of course, everyone's gonna be like, yes, yes, yes. But have you used shared storage? Like to what extent? Like how familiar are you with it? Uh have you shared projects with people before and been able to jump on and off of projects and understood that like you're not the only person using this and you need to follow the directions? Have you worked in a team environment with other editors? Yeah. Like, do you so understand Mac OS at all? Like, do you know shortcuts? Are you quick? What are some like how quick like what are your shortcuts and how do you like to edit? Because. And I need to ask those questions more in interviews because mm-hmm. I've made the mistake of not asking them in the past. And then I'll come over and people are like, you know, they don't even have a hand on the keyboard. They just have yeah. one hand on a mouse and they're clicking around. And I'm like, I don't you, that's not, you're not a pro. No offense, but you're not. Yeah. You know, so, you're just not. So maybe in a way to to turn that from a yes, no question to something that they can elaborate on, maybe something like, hey, can you describe a few occasions where you've worked in a collaborative environment on a project and what that workflow was like? And, you know, what were the shortcomings? Where where could you see that it could be improved? And then, yeah, I actually the shortcut thing is interesting because I, I typically just assume if you have a good reel and we're interviewing you, you know how to edit and you're probably mm-hmm. fast, but that we've learned recently that that's not necessarily the case. So I think honestly, a good question would be like, Hey, tell us two or three of your favorite shortcuts that, that aren't built into the program, but yeah. that you mapped out yourself or like, you know, what's, or, what's a workflow that's particular to you that you feel like you discovered on your own. And I would even take it a step further and be like favorite shortcuts on like in premiere or it can be an after effects or it can even be Mac OS. Just Mm -hmm. show me that like, you know, your way around a computer and like when you get to the computer and you're not going to be like 
taking, I know this is going to sound so, so trivial and ridiculous, but you're not taking 30 seconds to do something that could take you eight mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or yeah. like something <clears throat> like that, because I know that's crazy because people would be like, oh, well, that only is 20 seconds. What's what's the matter? But it's like, well, yeah, no, it's actually like two and a half times the speed so yeah, it's, it's it not about up. how many seconds it's about the percentage right mm-hmm. so i mean we t- typically i don't know exactly how many clicks it is but usually if something is taking you f- four to six clicks you need to find a faster way to do it like if you can exactly. assign that to a keyboard shortcut and look not everything can be assigned to a shortcut i know like i've i've seen online some editors get super crazy with it where they have like custom macro programs outside of premiere to do things or they have like some of these mice that have like nine macro buttons on them and like that's fine if that's how you edit that's a little overkill for me personally i i think that I don't know if I'm thinking that I mean, as long as like you show up and you bring that mouse with you and you have your dot yeah. KYS keyboard shortcuts <laughs> in sure. your email and you can like automatically just, you can like take 30 minutes to get yourself all set up and then start mm-hmm. great. But if like you come in and then you're like, well, normally, uh, blah, 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 blah. normally da, da, da. this is actually how I have it set up at home. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, why didn't you bring that? Like, yeah, well, it, come it, on, man. Like, get with the program. Yeah, right? if, you, if you have to spend two hours installing extra add-ons and programs, extensions, like that's not we, like you got to be able to work quickly in the base mm-hmm. uh, program workflow. And look, if you have some extra things, great. But you got to be fast without all that extra stuff, too. Um, Evan, thank you so much for the question. Uh, I love outsourcing the content to the listeners. Like you say, that's, that's the best way to do it. I mean, it is, it is because we're not content machines. Um, okay. Let's talk about how the event went. So I thought the event, like personally, I thought it went pretty well. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, you know, and I think we talked about this. It was a slightly different intention and vibe. So before the first time it was more like, Hey, let's invite our clients and show them, you know, what our new space looks like and right. maybe we can invite some new people and just show them what we can do. Yeah. It was kind of a more intimate thing. And, uh, this one, the idea was more just general networking for, for post-production people. And, uh, you know, obviously we still had the open studio so people could come through and check it out. But you know, it's, it's just a slightly different idea behind the event. Well, and one thing it, we were kind of kind of spooked because a bunch of uh, emails and people we didn't know d- duh, but yeah. a bunch of emails and people we didn't know RSVP'd yeah, and the number like we said on last week's show I think was like 260 or some shit like that yeah, and so for context we had like 50 RSVPs to the first one yeah so we were uh, a little bit afraid that like we were going to get either overwhelmed or mm-hmm. flooded or we were just getting trolled or something yeah. like that and there's going to be a bunch of people who showed up who had no relation right sure. to, to the industry at all uh, turns out it was a lot of people from who, had, well, not, they weren't directly from it. It was people who heard about it through uh, the post-production New York yeah, thing. New York uh, Post Alliance. New York Post Alliance. And uh, there was a, specifically, there was a big group of people who I guess had just finished the uh, the New York film program or made in New York, made in NY, like yeah. film program thing. So sure. They came as like a pretty, pretty sizable group. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that was really cool because I've always actually seen that made in New York thing at the, at the end of films or mm-hmm. at the end of short films. And I've seen it also on the subway ads and stuff. And I've always been like, Oh, that would be kind of cool to get involved with that. And I've, I've researched it in the past and I just never, no, I never really had the resources to get involved. Right. And so now somehow we on accident got involved. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, overall, definitely successful. I was surprised by how many people showed up to the, the office, the studio itself. 
Um, so like last time we did have some people show up, but they were people who we knew, like they were our friends or, or colleagues this time at one point there were like between 30 and 40 people in the office before the, the, the bar event had opened. And like it was, I wouldn't say it was overwhelming. I was just very, I was surprised and you know, like our space not really designed to have that many people in it. It was comfortable. I thought it worked. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it was just so cool to have people coming through and the people got here right at seven too. Like I thought it would be like a, you know, arrive at the party a little bit late to be cool. No, people were like into getting there, networking. Nerds like to show up on time. I know, I know. And we're all a bunch of fucking nerds. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Uh, I was going to say, what we, what, one thing that I learned that we should do differently is we should have a a person who's like a greeter, whose job is to greet. We yeah, got lucky. Our yeah. friend Ellen was in town and she came by and she ended up somehow hanging out right by the door. Yeah. So she became the de facto greeter, which is perfect because she knows us and she knows the space. And so she... Basically, when people would walk in, she'd like welcome them and yeah. show them where the fridge is and be like, here, grab anything you want. Yeah. And then she'd kind of be like, go on have a good time and mingle mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And she, she would she, identify like who you were. Exactly. At that point, I had gone to set up and so would Amy. Mm-hmm. So she would identify to the person to talk to you or to Vince or to Will. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, she's a lot less threatening than uh, than some of us. Some of us are just awkward. If, if we're yeah. if, if I'm out here standing at the door telling people what to do, like, I don't know, I'm just uh, I'm just some idiot. Yeah, um, and if if I'm at the door telling people what to do, I feel like they'll get like frazzled because I'm just like, oh yeah, great, hey, welcome, what's up? Uh, just go do whatever. I don't give a fuck. Like, uh, so Amy's really the perfect one to have. Yeah, that. Amy's good, but she had to uh, you know actually help set up the, the yeah. event, um, which went pretty pretty great because that's what I considered the actual event. And this time it felt so much more professional. There was a photo booth that was printing out. Uh, like film photos, like yeah. film strips. Yeah. Um, and the and then we got all of the digitals as well. Um, there was a little VR experience we set up. That where, was a lot of fun. Yeah, you could put on the VR goggles if and if you weren't able to make it to the studio, you put on the VR goggles at the bar and you look around and it's like you're in the studio. Yeah, so yeah. Three sixty views. Cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, so we we got a what was a GoPro three sixty? Is yeah, that what it was yeah, called? GoPro three sixty Max, I think. Uh huh. Just took a couple photos and you know. We, some troubleshooting got it on the oculus i thought it was a really cool idea it didn't get used a ton like i saw what maybe five to ten people go over there and use yeah. it but i mean i i thought it really like i don't know leveled the experience i, I up. thought it was great I, I thought that you know i showed it to um the owner of wandering barman mm-hmm. and, uh, she was like well what the hell this is crazy uh-huh. and then i remember i showed it to a couple other people but then i, I would say yeah, you're probably right. It's probably about 10, 10, 10, 12 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember looking over there, though, and seeing people who I didn't know, like getting shown the the Oculus or whatever and like kind of looking around. And I was like, wow, I don't know. It's it's just interesting to like to think about content creation, quote unquote, in that way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Wow. This is like. We it's didn't, like we didn't do anything media. fucking groundbreaking. We literally no. took one photograph and put it in the thing. Sure. But it makes you think like, whoa, how could I possibly use this? Like what's the program where I can embed things to point at? Right. And so what if it becomes like a, I don't know, like I say, choose your own adventure or something like that. But what if we like have a shot of the studio and then you can point at the guitar and you can click on it and then suddenly you hear music or something, or you point at the plant and you click on it. And like, then it 
takes you into a world where you're in a plant. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, the, like there's some really cool possibilities and it's kind of like a, I don't know, a new media, mixed media usage. Yeah. And I think it's tangentially related and I thought it kind of shows, I don't know, just a different side of. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. That was mostly what it was. It was fun. You got to make it fun. You know the slogan, <clears throat> make it fun or else. Or else. Yeah, um, that's, that's. That's, that's a good one. It gets people going. Yeah, that's the demotivation in the in the office. Um, I think for the next one, we should get us on mic as it starts and do the sizzle reel. Do like the the uh, wrap up a segment or something like. Okay. You know, if the, if the thing starts at seven, yeah, we get on mic at six forty five, six fifty. And then as people roll in, we oh, can just like invite them on and they can just jump on for a second. Yeah, and that'd be cool. They're going to be on the sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. And we also have it set up so that like for, for those of you who haven't seen the studio, which is probably most of you, there's two big windows uh, that face out to the rest of the office so people can look in and watch us talk. But they can also there's a little setup that they can put on headphones while outside of the studio yeah. and still listen to us. So yeah. that's a, another fun interactive thing that we do. Yeah, it's, so, it's just a matter of like explaining it to people. And yeah, like, I was going to say, maybe for the next one, I'll make some actual signage mm-hmm. where people can can see what the fuck's going on. Um, but yeah, no, overall, uh, really good. I it, I met a lot of a lot more people who I didn't know who are in the industry. Um, I had some really good conversations. We were like, there was one guy who I was nerding out with over Premiere for a while and just talking about server solutions. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, who was that? It was Joe. Show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I met so many people. I don't remember anyone. Uh, tall dude. Uh, oh, wants to Joe. Play soccer. soccer yeah, Joe. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I know Soccer Joe. So I think. Wow, you know, I didn't know Soccer Joe was a nerd like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh-huh. like, I think that there, you know, we we made some connections that are we're legitimately going to be like, even if, even if we're not getting each other work, I think we're at least going to be friends and like yeah. keep in touch. Of and, course, of course. That for me, I think is the next level. Is I think we mostly. F- the networking event was mostly people looking for work, which yeah. makes sense. Of right, course, right, it's a networking right. event. But, uh, you know, we got to find a way to get people who are looking to hire at the next one because, yeah, that would be you cool. know, we're, we're a pretty small company. We can't hire. You know, we had 200 people. I there. fucking wish we could hire. People. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be great to hire 200 people who came to our event. But, it, you know, it's just not going to work out that way. But it's if it's not can, a money thing either, we just don't have enough space. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a money thing. Um, yeah. But if we can facilitate, you know, more relationships where that actually turn into paid gigs, I think that's yeah. the goal. All right. One last thing before we go to break. Apple. I know we're like weeks late on this at this point. Yeah, but, it's all right. But Apple, we're going to be weeks late to the actual purchase. If not, not weeks, probably months, because we're going to see if the bugs get worked out. Yeah. Apple released a new desktop. They did. They it's did. called what's it called Apple Studio, Mac Studio, Mac I believe. Studio. Terrible uh, fucking name. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's the only bad thing about it, in my opinion. Though. Well, also their website is annoying to use. They're always trying to do too much. Like yeah. I'm just trying to get the info. Yeah, don't, I don't just click on the tech script. specs up there. But um, it's so <sighs> the form factor is interesting. Basically, it looks like a, a larger Mac Mini. It's not, you know, it's not like the towers or anything. They do have a uh, a monitor that comes with it or that can come with it for like an extra 1500 or two grand or something like that. It's like one of those retina display type things. I think the main thing is that they have switched to the M1 chips. They got the M1 Max, the M1 Ultra, 
Um, Which I have a I have the naming conventions are just the things that bug me because that sounds like MK Ultra, bro. It's oh, like, that does. How the it fuck does. Are you gonna call the thing M1 Ultra? Like that's the worst name you could have picked for something. My like, my issue is I think there's the M1, the M1 Pro, the M1 Max, and, and now, the M1 Ultra. Yeah, and it's like okay, it, this is getting stupid. There's like, a show I listened to called This Week in Startups where they talked about this a few when when right when the news dropped. Sure. It's a daily show, and. They were like, why not just call them the M1, M2, M3, M4 or something like that? And it's like, yeah, well, that's, that makes well, sense. that's the thing. I think they are eventually going to go to an M2. Like that, that's, that's going to be going to level up the exactly. architecture or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the next. Exactly. It's the next architecture that comes out. Um, look, I I'm excited about it. They look like technically they look like really good machines. My only thing is I'm not totally convinced on the M1s yet. Like obviously they're very good chips, but so so many programs haven't been uh, optimized, optimized for, them. for them. And you know obviously this is going to accelerate that. But uh, you know I, I don't think I've talked about it yet. I remember a few months ago I was talking about how hey I, I ordered this laptop hasn't come hasn't come. Mm-hmm. It did come uh, about a month ago and I've been using it. And look personally I haven't noticed a, a whole lot of difference mm-hmm. in speed like in editing on yeah. it. Obviously it's better and it's going to like last longer. Well, it's core. It's just going to make more money for Apple. And that's, that's what they care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. I mean, I, I like it for, for me, the design is nicer. Um, it doesn't have the touch bar. It's, it has actual, uh, plugs again, like an HDMI and, you know, like a USB reader. And, you know, it's not just four USB C's like it used to be. The MagSafe is back. You know, it's a slightly, I, it's a good machine. Absolutely. But, uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm absolutely all in on it. I I agree with the concerns about the the M1 chip, but other than that, and the name, I'm all absolutely all in. Like, it it does feel like the next generation, right? Look, you're listening to this. If you're listening to this day came out, it's March 21st. That means this thing is already available to order or already available. It's it says available starting 3:18 here. But I mean, look, the reason that I'm in on this is because it has everything we need in terms of uh, the con- connectivity, right? All the sure. different ports, right? It's got a ton. It's got a built-in SD card slot. It has a 10 gig Ethernet port on it. It has an HDMI port on it. It's got four it, Thunderbolt 4s. It has damn. four Thunderbolt 4s on the back, two Thunderbolt 4s on the front, two USB-As on the back, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I just went and, and tried to put together an order right now on the website. So including an Apple M1 Ultra, 20-core CPU, 64-core GPU, 32 core neural engine and 128 gigs of memory with a one terabyte solid state drive. It's fifty eight hundred dollars. That is fucking good. Yeah. Compared to what they were wanted. If you tried to build this exact same machine as a Mac Pro, that shit would probably be like the cheese grater. That mm-hmm. shit would probably be like nine and a half thousand dollars or some shit. Like, honestly, it would because yeah. this actually feels like, whoa, we're it's fair. This is priced fairly for once. Sure. Like, and I know comes for a lot of no, people. Comes with no monitor. <laughs> yeah. That, but <laughs> that's a big part of it. So like that. Yeah. $6,000 does. Yeah. It's a lot of money, but for post-production professionals, that's kind of par for the course. That's about yeah. how much a, a proper machine is going to cost you. Anyway. And again, I don't need 128 gigs of Ram. I can put that down to 64 and then suddenly the price is a flat 5,000. What do we pay yeah. for each of these iMacs in the office? About, about five, five or five and a half thousand. Yeah. So it's like, it's, right, it's well. right in line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like you get this and then get two nice monitors and like, yes, unfortunately <laughs> you have to get separate monitors. That sucks. I get that. Yeah. But 
all in all, this is a huge step up from the cheese grater, in sure, my opinion. Sure. Now, and Let's I, just hope it fucking works. Yeah. I also, like, I need to see, I haven't read about how easy it is to swap parts out or, you know, usually probably impossible. Yeah. Apple makes it really difficult every year. They make it more difficult. One thing I really liked about the, the Macs that we have, the iMacs are not even iMac pros. They're just iMacs that are like completely like souped up as much as we can. One of the nice things was we could buy the Ram separately and that's kind of huge. Like that literally saves almost a thousand dollars because Mac or Apple charges so much for Ram because I, I assume this one is soldered to the the motherboard. So like, yeah, we could get 64, but realistically we would pay the extra $800 for 128 because yeah. once you make that decision, you can't, you're locked in. Exactly. Well, I mean the thing, and also you got to keep in mind, I said it right before we start talking about it. We're going to be months behind on this cause we're not going to order them right away. Mm-hmm. We're going to wait and just wait. Let's see what happens. And yeah, then yeah. when it's safe, go ahead and grab one. Yeah. But, uh, you also got to think like those resellers on eBay are probably it's going to take them a minute, but they'll figure out how to do the suit, the upgrades oh, yeah. on their a- own. Absolutely. So like, yes, maybe from Apple to get this shit all completely maxed out and I'm going to add in eight terabytes of solid state, whatever that's $8,000 to get eight terabytes of internal solid state, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. 128 Ram gigs of Ram. And uh, also, you know, the best uh, processor, fastest processor, well, $8,000. Sure. But you could the, probably. Then Apple, Apple Care, that's another 400 bucks. Sure. Okay. So let's say 8,500 bucks. That's for it super, super maxed out all the way, right? Yeah, yeah. But like imagine uh, when a reseller gets their hands on it, they'll be able to hopefully change it up and then sell you one that's more or less that, but probably for like 6,000 or something. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So I'm I'm all in. I'm I'm really fucking with the Mac Studio, and I uh, cannot wait to get one. I think it's going to be good. You know, you know me. I'm I'm not Skeptic. exactly a gear. No, I'm not exactly a gearhead. I just always like when there's new stuff to get. Yeah, like well, I guess what we'll 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 get one. Perennial skeptic, Chris. But you don't know, worry, we'll look, get I'm, one. I'm I'm not perennial. I'm uh I'm biennial. I'm, yeah, I'm every a, two I'm, year I'm skeptic, annual, yeah. annual skeptic, yeah. Chris. Uh, all right, annual skeptic Chris, aka the food. The food. Uh, we're gonna go to break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk to Evan about Treefort. Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. <laughs> We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? It's the one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say. You gotta walk all your gear up and fly the stairs. Okay, that's, yeah, that's never that's, fun. That's that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. Welcome back, Sizzlers. You know, in the first half, I I said something. I was like, you know, it'd be really nice if we had Evan on today. And, uh, you know, we made a phone call during the break and... Evan is here. The sizzle reel has endless clout. <laughs> so we were able to cash some of that in and bring the emu on himself. You guys say jump, Evan, I say how soon, you know? Let's get on this Yeah, call. exactly. Well, yep. You wanted to jump on earlier and we were like, let us finish the first segment, please. Please let us finish the first segment. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making time for us, Evan. Absolutely. Coming straight from Missouri. 
St. Louis, That's, you know, we don't really St. try Louis, to associate Missouri. too much with the oh, general backwards state. St. In, St. In St. Louis city. wants to be St. Louis wants to be Chicago. That's what I've heard. <laughs> oh wow, is that true? I don't think that's true. Uh, I Chicago. guess St. Louis has skyline chili, right? <laughs> I think that's Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I guess St. Louis. St. Louis has a Hormel cheese, whatever the fuck they call it. Have, they call it Provel. Uh, I don't know. Provel. Oh, my God. That's that's the big one. It's like a cheese substitute kind of processed cheese is what it is. Okay, tasty though. Uh, I've never had it. Yo, Evan, thank you for your uh, for your question earlier as well the uh, the voicemail was actually it was pretty it made me think uh so hopefully yeah cuz we we did just hire an intern neither of us interviewed her but um if we would have now we know what we would have asked <laughs> Evan what's yours what would you ask what would i ask i guess oh, i uh, always would go to like my own sort of weaknesses to like if i was hiring an editor that i was going to work with i would want to make sure that somebody you know could balance out my skill set a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to ask about like color correction and just sort of get a little bit of sense of like some of those add-on skills that, uh, yeah. you know, maybe like After Effects as well, kind of see what, you know, they know in terms of that. Um, and then I would always, always, always make sure to ask somebody about like their experience with clients and difficult people. Mm, I think, you know, that's a good one. Working with people who don't necessarily like your first version and have a lot of demanding changes and want a lot of versions i'd like to hear like some sort of like how do you deal with that you know are you used to dealing with that yeah i mean that's a good question i if i think we try to insulate the freelancers as much as we can from clients but you're right there are a lot of notes a lot of the time and uh well it's kind of like how you respond to adversity right in a way yeah. it's it, it, uh, to me the answer should always be i do the notes yeah <laughs> that's that, it like no questions asked like if you're if you're telling me about the notes i'm telling you about then uh nice nice knowing you um <laughs> all right uh evan we brought you on on such short notice uh, on this emergency podcast to talk about i know we did it before but we want to talk about Treeford a little bit because it is mm-hmm. coming up. Yep. Um, Chris is going to be editing the overnight videos, you know, so he's probably going to be up. He's going to wake up. At, he's going to go back to the news shift. He's going to wake up at 11 p.m., go to bed at 11 a.m. Oh, my That's God. Right. I would never. Yeah, they call him Chris the Night Bat yeah. Eastman. Yeah. Evan, did you nap a lot? What did, What was your schedule like? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big nap guy at oh, Treefort. I can't nap. I like to, to do the like 11 a.m. to sort of 3 p.m shift of, of the nap because there's not too much going on at the festival at that time yeah that's and a good time. the the mornings are are kind of fun i like to get out and get a little exercise in in the morning usually after that night just sort of even helps me fall asleep because you can get kind of wired well you were like you that. were the person who the first person who i ever knew at tree fort evan who would like go do shit like everyone else is like, yeah, I'm going to go out and watch shows and go drinking and then wake up late. And you were like, yeah, after we get this cut out, I'm going to go hike the mountains or bike along the river. And I was like, oh, OK, well, enjoy. There's yourself. so much great nature stuff there in Boise. It's 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 tempting for me every single year. It still hasn't gotten old for me. I might go for a hike. I don't do, know. We'll please see. do. I, oh, wow. <laughs> no, it's go not take a hike. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I meant like, uh, go for it. Go enjoy yourself. That's why you're going to be there. You know what I mean? If you think it's fun to go walk up a rock and look at where you just were and come back to where you just were. I like walking. Please do it. I, yeah. I don't. It's, well, that's, uh, especially well, if I'm under the influence of something, you know, it might be more fun. That rock might drunk, be. Drunk walk? No, no, not quite like that. The kind, the kind of influence where, where you really yes. just want to stare at a rock for three oh, hours. Oh, I see. Yeah. Kind of, that's what George Bush did, except he did it for like 20 years. <laughs> stared at a rock. Um, uh, look, Evan. 
Gavin, uh, I told you I was going to break some news to you, right? I told you that right before we got on. And this is some crazy shit that we decided to do. Oh, wow. We decided. I've always wanted to make a feature length anything, right? Wow. So I decided that this year at Tree Fort, uh, we're going to have a little group, small little skeleton crew. And we're going to just film a ton and do like fly on the wall, like uh, cinema verite type stuff. Follow around a couple bands that have played at multiple tree forts. We're going to combine all of that kind of stuff with previous footage and archival footage. And we're going to try to create a feature length tree fort doc explaining basically how this cultural little DIY cultural mecca grew out of a place as seemingly random as Boise, Idaho. It's a that lot. That's awesome. It's a that lot. Sounds great. It's a lot, though. And it's perfect for their 10 year thing. I know I was kind of trying to think about ideas for that as well. Like, what are you going to do to sort of commemorate that for them? It sounds, sounds neat. I mean, you think it's doable to make a feature length doc in five days? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call it a doc. I would just, you know, call it more of like a, maybe even a live stream. You know, it seems like a doc would need to have like more of a narrative arc and this sort of like stuff. I think it's it got that like arc you, though. I think it's got that arc. So I mean, the are, festival are you having came like from a, sit, sit down interviews with anyone? We're or? just going to be on, on the fly with everyone. And, and you know, we're going to ask our questions gonna be mic'd up or oh, are we they're going to, we're going to have engineer will with us. He's going to okay. be booming, man. Okay. He's going to be booming or he's going to be pistol gripping or something, but we're going to have, I mean, it's going to, there will be a story. There will be people talking. It's, okay. I think it's going to be Liddy, you yeah. know? Yeah, is it going to be like, like a, a lo-fi type vibe? I have or no idea it? yet. Okay. Cause right. I, that's, you know, we're, 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 <laughs> we're a few days out from filming. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're technically <laughs> supposed to start filming, uh, literally in one week from the day we're recording this, yep. but guess how much, how much prep I've done? Not that much, but <laughs> I know what's happening and that's the important part. You see? Yeah. It's well, all about the, you've got that editor mentality where you're like, let's just shoot a lot of stuff and I'm going to craft the story in the edit. It part you're, you're close. I, I'm going to craft the story as we go in my head and take notes okay. because I'm just going to edit as we go. And when we have bites, I'm going to go, okay, that one, that one, that one, that one. So you're going to produce on the fly kind yes, of. Yes. All right. I'm going to produce and direct and edit, but then I'm going to one man band, but then I'm going to give credits to like other people. So it doesn't look like I just did this. Sure. You know, cause that, that's never a good sign. As, Not as that you, this is really that much of a issue, but is tree Fort like compensating you extra for this or is this just yeah. a bonus for you? Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, we, 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 yeah, we agreed on something where it was like not, uh, not the full rate, but I was just like, yeah. well, can you give me something? And then they were like, yeah. And we, we agreed to a thing. I, I mostly am just down to do it because it's like it, it, the, the amount they gave us, let's put it this way is so we don't lose money. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so we're not like paying for every single fucking thing out of pocket. Yeah. But I also love to do this because I've been there since tree fort three, you know? So like, to me, Same. this is like a passion project. So. Um, there was also, it, it fell through, but there was a chance that we were going to do like some live stream type stuff. And yeah. like we, so we were already kind of amping up to bring an extra crew to, to do a bunch of extra filming. Yep. So when that fell through, we were like, well, you know, we're kind of, we got excited about this. Let's still try to do something, something, special. something yeah. at least. And to be fair, like I told them, let's, I want to personally aim for a very long feature length thing. Mm -hmm. And if like we 
at the end of the day are like, wow, this isn't working. They're all, they, they were just like, make something that's 10 minutes long, you know? And I was like, well, why not just aim for like the craziest thing? And we yeah. can always shorten it if we need to. Yeah, if it ends you know? up being 30 minutes, oh well. But technically anything <laughs> over 40 is considered feature length, right? Or it's not, it's, it's no longer a short film. Yeah, it's a weird in between. I feel like anything over like, I always assume 90 is feature length, but maybe anything over 70. Eh, or 70, like 70 sounds right. Um, one thing that I'm doing to break it down in my head is I'm going, okay, 90 minutes. Well, let's look at this as trying to tell like chunks of the story every day. And if every day there's five days, if we can get 15 minutes out of every day, that's 15, 30, 75. 45, 60, 75. And then we get the remaining 15 from the, cause Archive. we're going to have crazy access. So we have access to like the founders of the festival, anyone who's been there for all 10 years. Maybe we talk to the local Boise bands. We talk to Boise, uh, people who work in the bars and the coffee shops, people who are part of the town. We could even talk to like the, some politicians, but that'll get us the extra 15 that we need plus archive, right? So now, are you, are you going to put any emphasis on the uh, the non-musical side of Tree Fort? Because Tree Fort over the last six or seven years has become so much more than just a music festival. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be a good way to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go out there and shoot whatever we can. Okay. That's why we have a second crew. That crew is not responsible for doing any social media coverage. We're just going to go and film and dump and film and dump and film and dump and film and dump wow. and film. And dump. And dump. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, no. So that while, while you're doing that, yes, I'm going to be doing something very different. I'm going to be doing strictly the social media videos. Um, and, and that's that, where the emu comes in. Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. going to be trying to live up to emus. What a role that he, there's an award named after him at tree fort. Now, do you know that? No, I didn't. It's best social <laughs> media editor. Damn. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to knock him off his throne. Unfortunately, <laughs> I might, I might try, but, uh, you know, I've look, Evan, I've, I've worked with your edits over the last, uh, like couple years or cause I've done like, you'll do the, the daily recaps, I guess. And then typically I end up doing the larger video that kind of encompasses everything. I'm going to be honest for the Which most part ass I, this year. Yeah. For the most part, I just steal your edits because they're already good. Like they're, there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Um, so I'm always super impressed by like your your cuts are always motivated and you always try to find like dope moments and camera movements that that feed into each other. And uh, I'm just a, could, could you tell me a little bit about that process? Yeah, I always shout the credit back to the shooters, you know? It's like, they always make my job super easy. They shoot excellent stuff. They know these venues in and out at this stage, so they just know right where to set up. They, they just know how to move through. So it's, it's pretty much a well-oiled machine from the shooting standpoint. I always just like clip as fast as I can. I try to use the keyboard and just like mark in and outs in the source you know, I use shift one to jump into the program monitor. I hit shift O to open it up in the program or in the, you know, in the, in the source. And then mm -hmm. I just hit I and then O and then comma and drop it in and just continue through that. I don't even click at all. I don't yeah, like three to point editing. use the mouse to even scrub through. I, I'll use like the JK and L keys, like the L key to just kind of quickly zoom through stuff. Um, I will say when I, just, I was watching I just try to you, get eyes on everything I can. When I was watching you edit, like, uh, it, it's it is wild to watch him yeah. edit because it was just like literally keyboard the whole thing and it's like I think I'm quick 
But man, compared to the emu, bro, emu's the fastest animal on the edit planet, to be honest. <laughs> that ain't true. That so, ain't true. But yeah, when you're you're moving, trying to get to you know bed before 4 a.m., you got some motivation. But yeah, definitely take advantage of that comma key. I love that one. Just dropping it in the timeline. So I think don't don't be clicking and dragging. That'll slow you down. Tentatively, so I I have a, a similar process when I'm grabbing selects, but it's slightly inverted. So what I'll do is I will drop all the clips on on like a, a just a string out timeline mm-hmm. and I pull my selects in the sequence itself and but I do the same thing where my my hands don't leave the keyboard but I JKL through and then um like D is for select and then I do alt or option up and that pulls it up and that's that's how I go through things pretty quickly so that's probably what I'm going to do yeah but well <laughs> another thing that we talked about Evan I don't know if you heard but we were talking about uh, getting a plugin called like Beat Edit or something like that, yeah, where it basically <laughs> detects the beats in the song, right? And then you just no big thumbs down from the emu. What? Why? Why not? Who? You need that? No, nah, but we're trying on. to think of ways to make it quicker, so like we don't spend like you know five hours in the edit and make it more like. That's 90 never minutes. the part that takes time for me yeah. is like finding the beats, you know, like that's that's so intuitive. And I like that. I wouldn't want to like try to figure out, like automate it that and then like dial it in. I always kind of enjoy that process, you know, like you'll cut the music every year, which is awesome. I, oh, I love music editing. It's one of my favorite things to do is like cutting stuff to time and reworking songs and using reverb and having it drop out for a moment. I always find that to be a lot of fun. Yeah. But once I had that select sequence, I'll just click and drag and drop onto the beats. I'll, I'll do it completely out of order. You know, like I'll find the one moment in the song that I'm like, this is where I want to feature that transition into night, or this is where I want to feature this awesome shot that we've got. And I'll do it like that. If you, I feel like if you did the beat maker, it would just, you'd end up just like, I guess yeah. it's a good rough cut and then you go through and polish it, but it's not a way I would like to work. Uh, that's, I mean, like that's we talked where about I was like that auto from. reframing, you know, like we, we, it sounds oh, great, you know, like, yeah, auto reframe until you have to go through and actually reframe everything that's been auto reframed. I'm thinking uh, we might use it just purely out of curiosity as well. Just like, I, I want to see what it's capable of. I, and like, I'm kind of with you where I don't expect the edit that it gives me to be good. But I, I just want to see, you know, the way that if I, it gives me a good starting point. Yeah. The way that mm-hmm. I look at it is like you can also dial it in. Right. So you can just tell it, look, big picture. Hit me with markers on the downbeats. That's all I need. Like, don't don't hit, don't fucking mark it all up on every fucking ghost note. Don't do all that. Just m- give me the big markers on the big downbeats or whatever. And that way I don't have to like I can just I know I can click it and dro- drop from the selects. And it's going to line up exactly there. And it's just, like you said, a good starting point. Um, well, and of course, yeah. it takes a little finesse. I, yeah. like, I always am also looking for moments within a shot that are cool for a beat to land on, you know. So I'll drop a marker on a moment it's where somebody has a good point, yeah, head, head slam, you know. And then I'll use that marker to line up with the beat. So it, 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 no, it's cool point, to cut yeah. on the beat, but you don't want to always just like be cutting on the beat. Yeah, exactly. If you're just cutting on the beat throughout the entire song, song, then it like it gets really stale really quickly. Well, look, I mean, you you already know how we're going to be able to tell who did better at editing these. It's going to be the views and the comments. Oh, yeah, of (laughs) course. It's going to be the metrics. (laughs) It's got to be the metrics. metrics Come on, I'm going to be getting on there liking them every single day. 
Oh, dude, you oh, should. You should I'll be helping your cause. You guys. should make comments that are like, "Wow, sick video," but not sure about the editing <laughs> this year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Evan. Evan is an artist, and I am. I'm just a monkey with a keyboard trying to get it done. Yeah, I, I I just prefer efficiency. That's why that's what sets me apart from Evan as well. Like not not in a, you know what I mean. Like Evan, you want to when it comes to these types of things, you're you never lose sight of like finding like the moments in the story. But for me, a lot of the time, like if I'm pressed for time, I'm like, cool. What's the first thing I see that works? Great, we're using it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't count me out on that either. That instinct is is good to have. I don't think you should overthink this stuff. Like you need to just kind of be impulsive and instinctive and just go with what works and see if, it, you know, you can improve it later mm. on, but don't like get so caught up in seeing everything before you start editing, you know, just start cutting it in and you can always go back and, and rework it. Right. Um, any last, uh, questions for Evan from you, Chris, or Evan, any last pieces of advice for Chris? Uh, I want to wrap this up and then get to our final segment here. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm just wondering kind of like logistically how, how many times, how, like how difficult is it to make sure you're getting all the footage? Like how many times do you have to meet up with people and, and make sure everything's transferred how, and how difficult is the organization or is it kind of, you said, you said it's a well-oiled machine now. So I'm just a little tiny bit nervous and I need some reassurance. I'd say most of the guys have like two cards that they use or more, you know, and even some of these cameras can hold more than one card at a time. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's pretty easy for them to sort of just give you like, here's what I've shot already. And then next time they, they dump, they just take that card and, and it's not like you need to dump while they're sitting in there, you know, okay. or waiting for it to transfer. I always just kind of divide it up by day and by shooter. You know, I do make a folder for each shooter and then a folder each time I dump, you know, and, and just do it like that. And it's, I don't really, you, you sometimes they forget to, to delete, you know, clips, but I just look at like, what was the last number I transferred over and just start there and just pull it down. Gotcha. Shooting and dumping and shooting and, and dumping, dumping and yeah. shooting and the dumping. only other stuff, you know, I always say like that first day, that first day, Alexi's going to get a little cranky. He's got his feature. He's going to oh worry about God, He's, he's, he's going to need, he's going to want you to put Nat sound moments in yes, there. You know, I will gonna, want oh, every time. Right, I always right. want diegetic. So the first day the bar will be set of, of like, what can we accomplish? Like we were going to push, you know, that first day. So, and it's just like the energy's levels high cause everybody's ready to rare and to go, you know? So and that's probably the day that people over, overshoot, right? No, maybe I, not. I don't know I don't because know. like, I feel like the Saturday show, maybe like when like the big acts start coming out, you know, that's, like that's when we get a lot more footage, you know, those first days I don't really mind a little extra stuff because it seems like we could, you know, we need a little bit of creativity and some like Nat sound and some some more just regular moments from the festival. So, I mean, it's it's all about the the Nat sound for me, the diegetic, you know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. Fife Dog once said, when's the last time you heard a funky diegetic? You know what I'm saying? He said he said diabetic. But um, uh, Evan. I didn't prep you for this, so I apologize, but we'll give you a little time to think. We now close every show with the segment called What We Learned Last Week. Um, and here is what the intro to that segment sounds like. What We Learned Last Week. So I know that I sprung this on you guys. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you have one. I don't. I don't you know. uh, Evan, I don't know if you have one. It can literally be anything you learned. In yeah. this last week, doesn't have I, to be related. I, I, to I heard this segment on your show, and I was like, I kind of expected it to be about 
editing or something. But it, it can literally like, be anything you want. I mean, I think last couple weeks ago, Chris and I talked about uh, basketball for 10 minutes at the end of the show because yeah, of this. That's um, true. I'll start because I, I don't want to put you guys on the spot. I learned that HBO Max and Discovery Plus are going to be merging into one app. HBO Max is already fucking expensive. The app barely fucking works, and I don't care about Discovery Plus. And if this fucking conglomeration Discovery. bullshit keeps going, I'm going to like absolutely do, flip. I, do people subscribe to, to Discovery Plus? I have no idea. But like if my HBO Max price goes up because it's merging with Discovery Plus, I'm just going to have to cancel it. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't I barely use it to begin with. But at this point, it's like, bro, it, if the price goes up like twenty dollars a month just to watch like Curb Your Enthusiasm, I'm chilling, dog. I'm good. Like, yeah, they, they might be they might be doing some uh, they might be doing some live sports on HBO Max next year. But I think okay. it's going to be baseball. So I know, Evan, you're a big baseball guy. But for me. I don't really care. <laughs> you guys got anything? The, it sucks because this is also like a basketball thing. Uh, also about the Nets. But I, <laughs> but I learned like as we were getting in ready for this podcast, I learned that even though the, so the vaccine mandate and the mask mandate has been lifted in in New York, Kyrie still can't play in games at Brooklyn in Brooklyn. He can be a spectator, but right. he's not allowed to actually play in the games. Right at this point it's a, isn't it an NBA rule at this point or no, something? No, I think it's because I think there's still a requirement for um for private business in New York to have all their people vaccinated. But like it just so he can be a fan, but he can't it just doesn't make any sense. Like, then how is he legally even allowed to be on the team? Like, yeah, uh, it's it, it's it, kind there, of it's 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 a it's a very unique, bizarre situation that has never been encountered. And I yeah. wish Kyrie would just go get a fucking vaccine, but he's not. Whatever. Fuck Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, Evan, did you have one? I've been I've been finding myself with a little bit more time to read. Um, we we are like kind of like me and my wife Shannon are kind of in this like reading about you know, the racial history and reckoning of America. And I've just been stuck in that world for a long time and just been like really digesting like the racist housing policies of the United States for years and just the sort of terrorism that happened, you know, over, you know, 70 years, basically, that has sort of led us to where we are today, where we're sort of thinking that this is in the past and that we have moved on. But some of these, like we, I reread the uh, Tiny Seacoats article, The Case for Reparations, which is awesome. And uh, there is some, like I, I had reread it. I was thinking like, oh, I already remember all this. But when I got to the end, I was like, ah, I cannot believe I didn't, this didn't click the first time. But it's like James Polk, you know, president, mm -hmm. traded slaves from the White House. Mm -hmm. Had never really knew that before. The other thing I learned was that Chicago was actually founded by a black fur trader his French name, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but just like these little sort of like like factoids of like, oh, you you, you know, you would have think that somewhere in my education I would have picked up on this or, or heard, but it's like, well, nah, I just they don't, they don't really teach us that. I was gonna say it's, it's good that you brought up that education thing because what happens is I, I feel like when we're we're just taught like as kids forever, we're taught we're like brainwashed into. Oh, yeah, that was a thing of the past, but it all ended in 1960-something or whatever, right? Yeah, but 68, yeah, the, the Fair Housing the, Act was passed. The craziest part is that, like, every, like, okay, I'm 31 turning 32 this year, right? Yeah. Every black friend that you have, if they grew up in the South, 
their parents went to segregated schools. Yeah. That's no cap. Like, that's crazy. Like, when Braxton told me that, like, because he interviewed his parents, because he, he put together, like, a long kind of uh, podcast or, like, audio documentary where he interviewed his parents. Sure. And when I heard that, it blew my mind, because I was like, damn, bro, I didn't even actually think about that. And that is insanity. Like, that we're not even... We're, 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 we're like a generation removed. We're not. Hardly. Yeah, we're barely even removed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it and obviously it shit still happens today. So, it's 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 just nuts, man. America, America likes to concentrate on other places' problems, but maybe they should look in their own problems for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you yeah. know, if, if you teach people the actual history, it's, it's harder to sell them on the propaganda. That's a good fucking point. Wow, There's that was just a, a lot is, to learn. This was a, <laughs> that still was a lot to learn. That was a solid ending to the show. I think yeah. uh, we we really brought it home and, and we, <laughs> we really brought it down. No, no, we we brought it, dude. It's a it's, I mean, it's we're facts. trying we're it's fighting facts. back, bro. Yeah. We're the, we are the proletariat. We're fighting back. Evan, thank you for joining uh, today on the show. And, um, you know, one of these days we'll get you back on. You have to claim your mini golf, by the way, because it expires a year after you win. I don't remember when you won, but. Yeah, I'm so. coming to New York. I am. I, I, have, I have good reason to come. Mini golf and, and siblings. So I'll be there. And, and sizzle real. You can come yeah. on the show. Jeez. <laughs> he, just, he just did it for the mini golf. <laughs> All right, Evan, thank you for joining us. Chris, thank you for being here as always. Yep. And uh, Engineer Will, thank you for uh, struggling through this with us. I know you're hungry. You're going to kill it at Tree Fort, Chris. Oh, you thank got you, it, man. Thank you. Looking I forward was, to seeing what you do. I was actually going to ask you if you could just give me some words of encouragement at the end, and you, you just went ahead and did it. Thank you. I, I feel good about <laughs> it now. He knows how to do a show. See you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Productions Podcast.